0: This is The Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Nice to have your company on The Sounding Board for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Series 7, Episode 11. And at The Sounding Board, we have had a significant breakthrough this week, a significant breakthrough for The Sounding Board. The Herald Sun chose to run a good photo of Craig Hutchison. Hutchie, as I say hello to you down a, a computer screen again, I believe you're back in Australia, but th- this is as big a moment as we collectively, and this program has had. The Herald Sun has has come good on using a good photo of you.
1: Won't last, day, mate. Not sure it's a good photo, by the way, but uh, I don't think there is such a thing in me. How are you, mate? Nice to see you down the line. Good to be back in Australia, and nice to be reconnecting with you. Sorry about the late drop this week. We're recording Thursday at noon, that's all on me. I was on a plane last night from London via Doha. I got into Brisbane late, so I apologise, Damo, but it's nice to reconnect. Where, where, what have I missed? Where should we start? Well, before we jump on to the, what
0: we want to talk about, Hutch, you, you, you were again, and this, this has become a, a weekly occurrence, uh, written about in the, in the Herald Sun. Uh, they do it, when I say weekly, it's sometimes twice weekly, but Scott Gullen article, Media Street. SEN boss Craig Hutchison is set to lose key radio rights deal with the AFL. Um, there was another headline around that. Hutchie's reign at, at as Radio rights Kingmaker comes to an end. You, you're losing your clout, apparently, if I, I, saw if that I read the story. saw
1: that, and I had a, a concerned text from my dad this morning. He, he, he screenshotted the story in the paper, which I hadn't seen. <laughs> Big blow, the headline read. Big he blow. That to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's an obsession. There there's obs- always has been, but, but clearly your Verity rankings are, have never been stronger. They're, they need to hit the Craig Hutchison uh, and tick the Craig Hutchison box on that Verity ranker every single week and they're they're just writing stuff that that, I've read that article actually I'm not sure
1: what it means what what is it what was it what was it trying to say well yeah first of all it's my bad because I had a couple of messages from Scott when I was in transit I didn't get a chance to ring back because I was in the air so in fairness he did try and call me for a a response to the, the theory that he developed so I apologize I didn't get back to him and so that's, uh, that's on me. Do you think um, it was
0: his theory or do you think it may be a company that he he may work for himself? RSN you, maybe because I you, you tried to buy RSN a couple of months ago. for was oh, my hang mail. on a minute. That's that was, a long that boat. Draw. That was Are my mail. That was my mail. I think I put it to on air, didn't I? I certainly put it to off air. <laughs> that was my mail around the uh, radio traps at the time, aren't you? And, <laughs> so and, and Scott goes on RSN occasionally, I believe. Um, would, would they, RSN, have maybe put him up to it? I, I, no. I'm just asking no. the question.
1: That's a long bow to draw. Are you suggesting? Are you actually suggesting that his? That's how role we work in the RSN, media.
0: It wouldn't be the first time
1: someone his has, role on RSN has in, is influencing the way he's writing radio content. No,
0: what I, what I am asking is, would it be possible that people at RSN have maybe got into his head, and he's probably just stored it.
1: Possibly, sorry, possibly stored it away and thought, ah, I'm going to write this off of my if, column. If they did, that would be very clever. But I don't think that happened. No, in fact, I would, I think, by and large, well, I'd say overall, Scott's been very fair when it comes to me over a long period of time. So, I wouldn't say this one's exactly right, but uh, he's been very fair and um, well. You gonna, in the can you can you put it uh, this way? If can, you compared it to if you compare it to um, Buzz Rothfield in Sydney, who works does his own two page column, which has been very successful for a long time, but does, also yeah. works for sky radio in breakfast and uses the vehicle as an absolute means <laughs> to square up on our 1170 SEN <laughs> as frequently and as regularly and as unfairly as he possibly can. <laughs> I'd say I'm very well uh, served by Scott in Sydney compared to Buzz in uh, Sydney. Uh, well, Scott in Melbourne compared to Buzz in Sydney. Buzz runs Sydney, as you know. <laughs> so he, well, he do that with a smile, <laughs> I reckon. What Buzz writes in Sydney uh, is is creative at best when it comes to radio, given his own <laughs> own role in Sky yeah. and his own uh, willingness at times to try and find other roles other than Sky. <laughs> may I add two before we move oh,
0: off? Oh, there's one um, before, Now, before yeah. before we leave it, in, in true media fashion, can can will you refute the article? Well, this won't be picked up by the Herald Sun, which yeah, well, quotes you on everything you say. But given you may may potentially refute what was written, it won't be picked up in the Herald Sun. In, but
1: but can you refute it? We're, well, we, we're in sensitive discussion, so With I don't want Oval. to elaborate. Yeah, I don't want to elaborate too much on it, other than than to say this, I would be very confident that our next deal, very confident and hope, has even more distribution than our last, that gives us even greater opportunity in places like South Australia and Western Australia, has even more scope to syndicate, and is more reflective of what we actually need, as opposed to the last time around when we... Can I get you to refute that you've lost your status as kingmaker? Well, I don't think there was ever any status. That was just what was referred to. It wasn't even uh, built. Are are you still the kingmaker? When we last did a radio deal, we didn't own any radio stations. I I don't want to get the detail about this. I'm I'm just going to to keep it very simple for you. I I, I, I just want
0: you to tell me and our listeners that you are still the kingmaker of radio.
1: Never have been and never will be. But last time around, we didn't own any radio stations. So we did a deal which was reflective of owning no stations. This time around, our hope is to do a deal which reflects the fact that we own 53 radio stations. It's always dangerous getting into the, 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 the I mean, sure of these
0: conversations because you always spit it back to the piece. I just want you to refute an article. So-
1: yeah, I'd be very confident that we have even more distribution than ever before and that it's an even better deal for us in the AFL.
0: Do you, do you find you are being,
1: and this program is being um, written about a lot these days? Even no, more than it's, normal? Look, it's just life, Damo. I, I get it. I understand it. It's not... I would think i get covered pretty fairly by Scott overall. So I don't, have any, I don't have any problem with it. And I certainly don't accept your RSN theory, albeit I can see it in Sydney. Are you are you refuting the that of the theory stick. of mine then? Are you refuting that part of this conversation? But it, when you think about it, we, like if you were going to – like it's smart business for the likes of RSN and Sky and Sydney to have people who write about radio on their books, don't you think? I reckon it's smart business. I don't go. think it any... is. There's a little little hint there of a, of a possibility of what I suggested, I think. This goes back to the Mark Stevens days. Remember he used to write shockwaves? In the shockwaves. Sunday, yeah. Sunday Before Herald, his time, <laughs> steve <that was> when <laughs> That
0: was when no one was writing about
1: radio and, and TV. And, t- and Timsey roving the
0: packs. Roving the packs. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> the old sun. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, of course, Palmer's Punchlines was the original. But I like the short-form content. It, people think it's navel-gazing, but it seems to um, be consumed. Yep. So I would say there's probably an element of truth in Scott's story, and but a whole lot that Mr. Mark, it was <laughs> to be fair. All right.
0: Uh, now I'm always intrigued by your movements, Hutchie. You know that, and and you know I'm jealous about. It. I wasn't able to uh, oh. sample some of the overseas fare you've had recently. But since we last spoke, which was obviously last week, you were in New York at one of your favourite places of all time, Soho House there in. Uh, Effectively, the West Village part of uh, New York. What what have you done in the eight, nine days I had, a, had six
1: days in London. We had a heap of meetings, a heap of business to do in London. Um, bit, I won't bore you with the detail, but very beneficial. Got to look at some trends, see some other businesses, media businesses, and partners of ours as Just well the, in the, the UK. tax write-off part of the, the trip, obviously. Can, I'm not, as I said last week, which Jane pulled out as the header, I'm not here to justify myself to you, Demo. <laughs> but what, what I found most interesting Just about London- offers couple of things from London, it's a mile ahead mentally where we are in Australia, it's surging, Uh, I didn't sense the same um, retail empty shops like we did in New York, it looked like it's up and firing and full cylinders and the no mask mandate there looks like it's changed the game, people are just charging, absolutely charging with their lives and Uh, Sport is in Fantastic Nick and I had a good look around a few... You went to a game, you
0: sent me a video of... uh, I went to to two. I went
1: to Manchester United on Saturday and saw them play against Norwich City and then on Sunday I went to the FA Cup semi-final with Chelsea and um, Crystal Palace at Wembley. That was an interesting experience from a content perspective as well. What I noticed at the Man U game, which I think you played on the Sunday footy show, I missed it. Someone wished Matthew Lloyd... Yeah, we did. ...a happy birthday... (laughs) At the game, on the happy birth, they have a happy birthday page on the big screen, and Matthew Lloyd five times it came up, and my partner Claire identified it and pointed it out to me. Said that Matthew Lloyd. So I googled his birthday, and sure enough, it was his birthday, sixteenth of (laughs) April. So. Either an Essendon fan in London or in Manchester has identified it and put him up on the happy birthdays. Yep. And so I sent you the video. Hopefully, made it at the Sunday footy. No, it did show, it was a uh, you know what a- what Lordy's like at the moment. He's, <laughs> he's all about Lordy,
0: and uh, he managed to send me a pitchfork that very uh, that very piece of video content into the opening of the show. So yeah, it was what very amazing,
1: what an amazing thing that Matthew Lloyd gets acknowledged for a birthday at Old Trafford. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't couldn't believe it, but um, yep. but now. You mentioned – sorry, Damien, you go. No, no, I was just saying you've made it, haven't you, when, you, when that happens. But he's, he's, he's long ago made it uh, in this town. Lordy, just ask him. You, you mentioned people using their own platforms yep. to uh, dispel other platforms, and I obviously rejected that theory with Scott. But well, you didn't totally reject it, actually. No, in I fact, didn't. I, the I don't think RSN had anything to do with it. I don't think it, had you, had I think you actually, actually
0: it. gave it some credence. But anyway, well, I we, we've
1: moved on. RSN had nothing to do with it. But it did prompt me to see last night – I got to Brisbane and I was flicking through the newses. Netflix, Yeah.
0: I've seen a few headlines in, in, in the last 24, 48 hours about there being a, a drop-off in, in subscriptions yeah. to Netflix, yeah.
1: So, I mean, every traditional media in the world is barring for Netflix to fail, right? Because <laughs> yeah. they've taken and eroded all their traditional Because it was,
0: it was just, again, just for the layman, it was, do we say that in this conversation the trailblazer of Trailblazer. The, yeah.
1: No doubt about that. Yeah. And, and it's every, eroded
0: other traditional market share of the, of the traditional- uh, media companies, correct?
1: Well, yeah, it's taken lion's share of streaming. It's been the pioneer, it's been the first mover. I think it's, you know, it's still number one in the world. Yep. Anyway, it announced yesterday that it had lost 200,000 subscribers to January to March. In fairness to those who covered it, the share price did tumble 30%, and they were forecasting two and a half million new subscribers. So, that disclaimer there is that that is an but it was covered, Damo. Celebrated, actually. It got it? the same amount of oxygen and airtime on the traditional media as the Ukraine war did last night. <laughs> yep. And that is because every single other outlet who owns their own streaming service and who are all trying to row that audience yep. took unbelievable glee in giving a disproportionate airtime. Yep. And I, I don't want to name names because everyone did it, but Channel 10, <laughs> Hang on. They, did it on the, they, they did it on the afternoon news, they did it on the national news, yep. and they backed over it on the project and unless I backed over it, here's a little sample of how the project, or Channel 10, which has a competitive streaming service, which we'll come to in a moment. This is how Channel 10 and the project covered Netflix. Streaming superpower, lockdown lifesaver, even an excuse to chill, whatever that means. <laughs> Netflix has in recent
0: years dominated the entertainment world and our lounge rooms until now
1: subscribers aren't burning for netflix like they used to the streaming service losing 200,000 subscribers in the last three months when it had been planning on gaining two and a half million if it's not inflation or pulling out of russia it's disney amazon prime apple tv and that pesky newbie paramount plus we all watch paramount plus right because yes, of course you know yes, yeah of course. good <laughs> <laughs> the pesky newbie, Paramount+. Plus. I'm laughing so, for a few reasons, Archie, well, and, and not for the <laughs> least of it. You,
0: you've brought some more audio
1: to the table on this show. You, you've story. been in
0: such good form this year in this space.
1: Now, do you reckon that the Netflix 200,000 subscribers being short was worth a line in the news, a live read in the news, or three to four minutes on every platform last night <laughs> nah. in a busy news cycle? What <laughs> not, do you think, don't? Nah, How not. many people were sitting at home <laughs> last night? Yeah. How many people in the suburbs were sitting home last night going, mm. going to watch the news tonight, honey? Netflix's numbers have been announced today. got to make sure to be me across the... <laughs> it's unbelievable how much time it got. The amount of, like, self-competition. Now, they called themselves the pesky newbie Paramount Plus, and then the host did the traditional. Yep. Oh, we all watch Paramount Plus. backed over it. All right, look at the numbers, Damo. Yep. Netflix. You've even done, done some numbers. Yeah. 221 million subscribers, Netflix. I'm going to write this down. Yep. 221 million. Yep. They lost 200,000. When you factor in they stood down 700,000 Russian subscribers, because they've done what everyone's done and cut Russia off, they actually, by my mouth, increased 500,000 subscribers, albeit said they're going to increase 2.5 million. And the share market clearly re- regraded them, and that's, that's fair and reasonable. So I'm not saying it wasn't a story. Yeah. But 221 million versus Paramount's 32 million, or the, seven times their audience. The,
0: the pesky operator.
1: Paramount say they've got fifty six million viewers across their other additional auxiliary platforms, but there's thirty two million subscribers. Last uh, reporting I saw at the end of December, so they're seven times the platform. Yeah. Do you reckon that was? Worth? Do you reckon that was like well, the world's come to an end? Let's throw a massive story here that Netflix is on the decline. There are only one hundred ninety million in front of us now. Here's a chance. <laughs> they're back to two twenty eight hundred. Here we're at thirty two. We better give five minutes on the project. While well, let here's the intro. Write this. Here we go. And they did a teaser in the news as well. Now they weren't alone. Seven, nine, everyone covered it. But everyone's got their own screaming, streaming service, Damon. I think it got disproportionate coverage <laughs> last night. I'm just putting that on the table. <laughs> I like it again, Archie. Look, that, that's been something we've been talking about for a while, how uh,
0: media outlets are actually uh, not necessarily as uh, independent um, as they once were. Another one of our regular topics, Archie, it was front and square over the weekend just going in the Sunday Herald Sun. James Campbell, the very good journalist for, for that particular paper, had done a massive expose on the um, – Labor Party, and uh, under Anthony Albanese's leadership. Um, yep. very, very big piece, and I, I read it, absolutely read it, and we'll read that type of article every single time. But I want to refer to it today, Hachi, because it was uh, one of those unnamed sources pieces, and, and we Ooh. love an unnamed source piece, don't we? We had references to, quote, Labor insiders. There was a, quote, veteran campaign staffer, Ooh. There were references to other insiders. There were party insiders. insiders. There were, quote, operatives. That, that, that's a good one. <laughs> I, I, I really like the use of operatives. <laughs> um, there was a, an anonymous, the MP said, and there's the other one, quote, factional enemies. The, the, this is as good a do-up of the was, anonymous read source them again. Article. There were
1: seven different versions. Yep.
0: I read Run wrong. through them again. L- Labor insiders. Yep. Veteran campaign staffer. Yep, that's different. Yep, to labor insider. Yep. Other insiders, so they're just yep. yeah, well, they're, proof, proof they're, of multiple sources. Uh, they're, they're party insiders, so so you're going oh, yeah, pa- yeah. out of the others and out of the labor insider, but
1: party insiders. So, so party insiders infers that the other insiders weren't actually from the party. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, this is my favourite. Operatives. Operatives. Uh, what, what
0: is an operative? An operative is is. Is whatever it is you want it to be, Hutchie. It, it, it could be the person. <laughs> it's just a cool word in a story. It could isn't it? be the person you yep. nod to in the car park as you yep. leave the building. Uh, the MP said that was another reference and factional enemies. Now, now you know that they're uh, clearly on the other side. But yep. well, now, okay. look. In all honesty, it was it was a good piece, Hutchie. We we love we always have love the referencing to the the unnamed quote because the quotes within those quotation marks when you're not putting a name to it. Yep. These are good quotes, aren't they?
1: They're, they're, they're always the extreme version of the conversation you're having. Yeah, by the way, in case you're not across it, Anthony Albanese had a bad week last week. How often, how many days in a row can you report that someone had a bad week until that week's over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable how often, like he's, he, his faux pas last week, have felt like they've lasted for a month. He, the he they have covered. a bad week,
0: but he, he had no worse a week than the other guy, did he? Really? Oh no, he did. He had a worse week. Than oh, this, but, did know, he? It's he just did. that he got. Yeah, no, he, you, it was reported as that. that was worse. No, you can't argue that. Well, but it, like, how much but, worse can it be, Hachi? When, when, and then we'll most will play this because this, this is this is the Prime Minister Scott Morrison on the yep. other side of the fence, and obviously the campaign's ramping up. But th- this this just illustrates this guy to me, Hachi. You know, I think he talks. We have absolutely a different rubbish. view on this, so yeah, we'll, play it. Yeah, but this is no. I want to say this. Have a listen to the referencing to quote Mister Speaker, despite him standing in front of a group of journalists.
1: Finance, of course, Mr. Speaker. All of these, foreign affairs, very important. And the, the, the issue, Mr. Speaker, uh, Mr. Speaker. Here we go. I'm now, back in Parliament. There we go.
0: Actually, there were three references to Mr. Speaker. Yeah. What What is going through a person's head when you have to revert and and divert to this? this almost padding situation when you're on the floor of Parliament and you're getting questioned by other people and you, you've just got this little default mechanism. Mr Speaker, I, it's just it's buying. How does
1: this happen, though, when you're looking across the road to journalists asking you questions? I think the first time was designed to be tongue-in-cheek. We've all, no. when multiple voices in a meeting, I'm sure we've all at some stage said, hey, Mr Speaker, as a tongue-in-cheek no. reference to he, he doesn't people talking at the same time. You, you but the second time clearly there was just a, a brain fade. And that could happen when you got you're doing how many presses a day? They're doing 15, 20, probably around the country. They're keeping their schedule.
0: No, but it just secret. shows it just shows that they're just regularly. And he he more than anyone is just on autopilot. He, he, the question comes; it's in the back of it, he said, "Hmm, what have I been advised to say here?" And I need to buy some time to get to this moment, Mister. But he doesn't. He never embraces the moment. haji oh, this
1: guy. Yeah, I know. I know you're him. I thought that the first oh, one I'm was. No, I'm no. I'm no uh, more supportive of of Albo, by the way. But but will you say that? Hey, what did you think about... The, <laughs> well, I say because about the I men. believe it. She has my opinion, which I try you to talk do about the, uh, You talk about the optics. Yep. Can we talk a bit about the elbow decision to do Blues Fest on the weekend in Byron Bay? Yeah. What What did you didn't. think about the decision to get up on stage? I and...
0: it was probably one of the dumbest things. I mean, you talk about the bad week. He he, he didn't know the uh, unemployment rate, which I thought was reasonably important for a, an opposition leader who's uh, who's decrying the uh, the management of, of all sorts of uh, business on the other side. And then actually... <laughs> You, you, you were experiencing, and and we experienced being booed. When I say we, the footy show used to get booed no matter where it went. And remember the night that it won a logie, and Bradshaw had to go up and get it, and he was booed. A politician at a music festival, yeah. no, matter, no matter what sort of festival it is, is going to get booed. And I would have thought his advisors would say, not a good idea. It's okay to be seen in the crowd and trying to make cool with a with a beer or a bourbon or whatever it is you think you need to hold in that moment, but to jump on the microphone. Of a concert
1: that had Jimmy Barnes, the lead act. Seriously. So I I thought about this a little bit because I I watched the coverage. The the coverage, to be fair, all covered it fairly. All all coverage I saw said he was relatively popular on arrival and then was booed on stage. So there was two different reactions to him, one that was pretty good in the crowd and then one that was very different on stage. And at least no one edited that uh, to be disproportionate one way or another. I think it was worth the risk to go on stage for what it's worth. He's a, a known music lover. It's an authentic oh, part of he? his. Is he? Is he? No, he is. Oh, okay. it's, it's a, it's every, Does, he re- Does he play ukulele? Does he play ukulele with Carl? You go back and read any profile on him for 30 years and music's a part of his thing, right? Now, I I, I accept that economics isn't. That's for sure. And that he, that he, we told him to discard the, the uh, university uh, um, report card that he did. That's right. But- but music's his wheelhouse and he is and he uh, did have some investment to talk about in that in that space in the arts entertainment. I tell you what, what I, on needed, the
0: rare occasions I've been to a, fest, a music festival, Hutchie. Last I, thing you want to see is a politician. Last thing you want to that.
1: see is a politician. But a there bit was a way persuasion. of me, What I would have said was his advisor is look, this is a risk. You may be booed no matter what you say. <laughs> the upside is that you're talking to a room of people who probably might vote more Labour than Liberal and it's a good opportunity. You, if you take the risk, we're going to carefully stage manage this, and this is how we're going to do it. What they didn't, what what they did, as I understand, what I read was there was a reference to working class man, and then when people thought Jimmy Barnes was coming on, he came up, so they were booing the fact that they'd been teased working class man and Jimmy, and they saw Elbow, and in which case, of course you boo, don't you? So, yeah. like, you needed to actually set it up in a way that didn't that eliminated that possibility or prospect. Anyway. <laughs> Actually, we, we spoke. Way, yeah. You just see a lot of the political reporters who don't know where they're going the next day, by the way. So they get to the end of the day, they're tired in the campaign and then they wake up the next morning and the plane's going to Launceston. Didn't the Blues Fest get disproportionate coverage from the indulgent Canberra oh. Press Gallery? Here? So you reckon all they were there for a few days? Oh. Right? <laughs> they all went. All of a sudden, Blues Fest was reported on like it was the second incarnation of Wood- Woodstock. See, I didn't, ca- I didn't pick up on this. Okay. <laughs> now it, you mentioned it, though, a, It was front a welcome, for a long time, wasn't it? Welcome relief from the campaign. Just before we move federal politics, PVO watch time. Oh, yeah. Oh, We've got a stinger for that yet, Jane. We don't have it yet one, do we? PVO watch. So for those regular listeners of the podcast will know we have a – Uh, A slight fascination with Peter Van Onselen. Well, you do, and you've sort of uh, um, forced one on me. The very objective and independent uh, political editor of the 10 Network. Um, This is one of his tweets during the week. Time for a spray. I'm beyond disappointed how weak and insipid federal moderate liberals are are not demanding the candidate for Warringah be sacked. It's not just her views on transgender. It's the offensive bile attached to how she expresses herself. They are collectively pathetic. So there you go. There's another piece of uh, neutral or independent coverage. (laughs) From PBO. Um And then you I know,
0: saw. Th- you know, you've given him a profile in Melbourne. I, I, I've had a few conversations with people talking about what
1: you say about him on this show. Well, PBO is a brand. He's been building it himself. It's a, just look at his Twitter avatar. Um, and then I saw this. We won't get into the specifics of this because it's, a, it's a, obviously a sensitive cut, um, case, but the talent rift demo. I was interested in your thoughts on this. Uh, the Daily Mail, dare I quote them in the standing board? It's a low day when I'm doing this, but anyway, we'll do it anyway. <laughs> The ongoing tension surrounding reporter Teagan George's lawsuit against Network 10 had reached new heights, with the high-profile political leader Peter Van Onselen refusing to interact on air with some of her supporters. Uh, Mr. Van Onselen is at the centre of George's lawsuit after she claimed bullying during her time in Canberra, refused to do budget-related crosses involving Narelda Jacobs and Lachlan Kennedy. Both Mr. Jacobs and Mr. Kennedy are vocal supporters of Miss George and made public donations to the fighting fund set up to help her legal battle against the bosses of the network. It's not an ideal work arrangement then, is it? If well, how does case. this work, Damo? Well, how can you have your, your national political editor not be able to go on uh, their show or their crosses because they have um, publicly funded the case? That—that's I hadn't picked up on that element of this particular battle, Hutchie. That's um—that's
0: a pretty significant uh, development within a any newsroom, isn't it? Well, do, we, do we need to look more into this for the well, your, for what are your episodes of The Sounding
1: Board? What are your views on this?
0: <sighs> look, I'm, I'm, look, it'd be dangerous for me to go too deep right now because I haven't actually even seen that article until you've read it there. Um, and given that there
1: is a court action in place, I'm, I'm how, really how to... How would you feel if two of your staff, yep. um, say you're the AFL editor, well, I think your role is AFL editor, say two of your staff have contributed publicly their support to a fellow staffer, and added their money to a GoFundMe or whatever it may be against the, against in their claim against another colleague.
0: Yeah, if if, you, you, if if anyone even just listening to this puts themselves into that same situation, it's uh, it's effectively untenable, isn't it? The, the, the situation. I mean, it, something has to give. Whether it be. The,
1: my question is, what should the network do?
0: Well, the, the, the network, and this this will be easy to talk about. In fact, what we what I'm going to do right now, to is take. PVO out of this conversation. The net the, a network traditionally will, will back the biggest name. And, and obviously of those three names you've mentioned there, Peter van Onselen is the, the biggest name. But that that's that's what
1: traditionally was. I think that's the happen. old way. I think that's the old way. I don't think that's the modern way. The modern way is to seek the truth and hold people accountable. I think the modern way, and again, I'm not talking about Peter Van Anselen
0: here, I think the modern yep. way is still to, to make it all, hopefully make it all go away without any, any major collateral. But I, I think it's gone too far for this one, hasn't it, on, yep. on this one at Channel 10. Look, we I, I, I might, I, we I, might look into that worth, a bit deeper, actually.
1: Yeah, for what it's worth, um, again, leaving this case out, because I don't know the specifics of this case at all. I don't understand even the depth of the allegation. But I think the principle of two staff go funding someone's case against a colleague I would think how I would handle it is I would say there is a very serious allegation that's been made. It's entirely sensitive. It needs to be handled by the courts. If it's found to be um, true, we will take a very dim view in the full letter of the law in this case. And if it's found to be not true, well, then that person needs the due consideration in the legal court of law. And it's not for any of us to get involved in that. So our job is to support everyone involved in particular, the complainant, we are doing that ourselves. We'd ask that you don't get involved, you don't contribute to their funding. If you feel there's an issue there of the funding, uh, we, we'll handle that and deal with it and understand the circumstances. But you're putting the, the network in an, in a horrible position by So, so the, the product. In it, but
0: we, again, you, you're you're in this chair effectively. You run an organisation. The, the product and and the programs within the product – have to take precedence over the
1: Well, I think, I think you'd say, look, we, re- we enormously respect your support of your colleague and we're not saying you're wrong and we're not saying you're right. What we're trying to do is get due process for everyone involved here and the best way that can be achieved is for us to stay out of the way of it and let it run its course. Yep. And you're not helping that environment by being publicly involved and funding um, what may or may not be true. So we, we, we ask that you... Um, let us handle supporting each party and we determine more than anyone to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Don't you think?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. Hutchie, uh, I read during the week too that, um, even though I've been in these two conversations with the said person, that, uh, quote from the Herald Sun, Nathan Brown forced to clarify Vax's stance
1: after asking Ollie Wine's question. Yeah, I want to get... I, I didn't see any of this. I've only read it in the paper, but it looks like you got yourself tangled up in it. certainly your pictures in it. Well, a my- younger picture of you, admittedly. No, it's, it's um, a
0: picture that we ra- we actually... In those old oh, they've used and, a, a funny man. To it's, it's the 30 year anniversary the of the Sunday Footy Show, and and well, they put wigs on us, and we got those old Wild World of Sport yep. jackets with on the lapel. And anyway, they've decided to run that particular photo of 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 the Footy Show to to illustrate this uh, this issue where Nathan Brown is quote quote forced to clarify. He, he didn't. He wasn't forced to clarify anything, actually. We we just had a conversation well, once on the Sunday Footy Show, and then again on. No, on the, on, on
1: the Friday night on Triple M. Hang on. You're being unfair here. The story said he'd moved to clarify his vaccination stance, which is exactly what he did on the <laughs> Triple M Friday. Hub he didn't up. have to move to clarify his
0: vaccination stance. He said that at the time. There was no well, need to. He didn't, he didn't force to well, clarify. And he wasn't forced to clarify. We have conversations well, it, on the products that we're on. We, we just
1: we just talk. Well, he, he spoke. He asked the question oh, of whether there were links to... Hard issues, and I think you mentioned any links to um, potentially... Bold. Asking a question is, is
0: not... Is, I didn't mention Bell's palsy. Matthew Lloyd mentioned Bell's palsy, which if you're Matthew Lloyd, you, you can speak for yourself, as as Matthew Lloyd did. And I'm not going to get into that aspect of it. But, yep, he's entirely... But asking a question is not is not taking a stance on anything, Hutchie. Last time I checked, I think you're allowed to, no, that, And We've no, got just, so gun-shy as, as an industry to question anything anything given the last two years of of control of our lives that that the moment something like this happens it's so unusual these days to to actually question authority and that's all it was it was just a question and we cleared up within the space of the two minutes of the conversation it was all cleared up and yet three or when i say three two weeks later or a week and a half later
1: the herald son still trying to dredge up something about it two things here you did put the agenda on the table as a show so, you must think there was some reason to question whether it's relevant or otherwise to the early now, and situation. That, that,
0: now, that, to use the word agenda, Hachi, that was oh, I think it was about maybe 10 minutes remaining of the of the program in question. And as you know, and you've been on the, the show, you used to host it, it, It sometimes the conversations you have are not planned. So, there, there's nothing on a running sheet to say, have this type of conversation but it, it, here. It came up as best I the read, agenda.
1: As best I read your quotes, you've all added a little bit of possibility to the. To the yeah, no but, one but, wrote but, it what But what,
0: what people. Chose and and deliberately chose to to not factor in with when they initially wanted to make a big deal about it was we actually quoted the football club saying there was no issue within within the same program within the same program.
1: I know, but the collective of you left the door ajar for it being a possibility. no, no. We actually didn't, no, we didn't. Because I, I reckon did. we actually
0: quoted. no well, again. Once again, again you, you you are overseas at the time, actually, you? and you consume most of your media through I'm the presentation I'm go on the, on Twitter. the
1: paper. Well, i you the papers. The <laughs> well, that's my point, Archie. <laughs> well, that's why I'm asking the question. I'm going quotes is... in the paper. <laughs> so, did you say from your mouth? I've looked into this, and there is absolutely nothing to it. What I said was the the club has made contact with us,
0: and they are telling us that their medical people are telling Ollie Wines there is no link at all to boosters or, or COVID injections. So you
1: think you think there's absolutely no scenario that links. Ollie the situation what I will to do, a reaction.
0: As a journalist touchy, what I will do is I will quote whoever is prepared to go on record, and, and that was an official quote from the club, so the club was happy to have its name attached to that. I will quote, I will quote everyone who wants to put their name to any issue and, and let the, the facts and other details around any story uh, play out. Okay,
1: so you're ruling it out? I'm not ruling anything in or out at all. And then clearly it got a reaction from the public, right? It wouldn't have been picked up on if it hadn't been. So where did the reaction come from? I don't know you know the way these things get ramped up. Because there were that many groups trying
0: desperately to to, to have it become World War 3 and that, that we were going to be the focus of it. And then and then it flipped later in the week that we got we got accused of being both anti-vax and and, and pro-vax. And that's how yeah. these things happen. And then It's a very sensitive issue though, isn't it? Well, it is, but I don't know why it is. I mean, I, I mean you, you of all people when it comes to let's remove COVID from this conversation, you actually I think more than me initially and I'm now with you. We were always loath to question any form of, of medical assessment of a footballer, and yet you hear disastrous stories of sports, you know, injuries and, 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 and poorly performed procedures after the event. But we're not allowed to question anything these days, Hutchie. And I, and again, I, I just just for the record so that if the Herald Son and who wrote, Jackie Epstein wants to pick up on what we're saying here, I I got my third um, booster my booster shot, so my yep. third COVID in- injection within an hour of being allowed to legally. So I got mine last December. So that, that's my personal situation when it comes to the – and if I'm required to get a fourth one, Hutchie, I'll be in there on the day I can. So yep. that, that's me and my yep. views on this. So, I, so But
1: asking questions about it, I'm allowed to ask questions about well, it, aren't I? Yeah, okay. Well, this is what I was going off. This is a story I read, uh, 11th of April, 7.28 a.m. on news.com.au. This is the story they wrote, Damo. The host of Nine Sunday footy show have suggested Port Adelaide midfielder Ollie Wines a withdrawal from Thursday night's match due to a heart issue may be linked to the COVID vaccine. It goes on to quote you saying, watch this space at the stage, Nothing coming out of the Port Adelaide team this I morning. I never said watch this space. I'm just quoting your direct quote off the, off the news.com. You said, he's summing out of the game on Thursday night for nausea slash heart reasons. He spent time in hospital. It's just a read, read the known. quote. Read the quote, read the quote. Yeah, I'm, read, I'm reading the exact quote. It's just a big unknown as to when he will play again. It may be as soon as this week, but nothing coming out of the club at this stage. That prompted Brown to ask, is there a lot of this going on in world sport at the moment, Damo? A lot of athletes have got these issues. You said, are you referring to the booster shots and the contracting of COVID? Brown replied, I was referring to the booster shots. That's obviously the word going around. You said, look, it's being discussed. I haven't been able to get an official line on that from anyone attached to Ollie Wines at this stage. But yeah, the question is being asked and put to me by others, including yourself, by a lot of people about the possibility of that. Mm-hmm. That That is and, directly raising, your and, words directly and then, raising I, as, the possibility. And then, as I do,
0: before going to air, I, I asked the questions of the people I'm about to um, talk about, i.e. Port Adelaide, and having just gone to air, hachi they hadn't got to me. And then as soon as we went to air, and, and again, I think it's a coincidence because it was the day in question where, where ScoMo called the um, election. So we actually weren't on air, as we normally are at tip between 10 and 12, I think we'll put back to 12. So I, it was a complete coincidence that Port Adelaide got back to me after that segment. And then when we came back from the next ad break, I just said, uh, guys, so you, Port Adelaide. So came
1: back and back, back announced it, cleared it up. Cleared but it up, the absolutely. Paper only- yeah. Okay, so the paper only did the story on – the first exchange, yeah. not the second exchange. But,
0: but, we but need uh, clarify But as alpha yeah, I, I came back and said we actually have now heard from Port Adelaide, when, yeah, which okay. we hadn't heard. That and, makes and, sense. And then said there's there is no link. But again, Hutchy, when these things get picked up on a social media sense, and and we've been the focus of a couple of these over the journey, where it's deliberately misrepresented, it was about a week later, or, or at least five or six days later, and it was done from some group wanting to, you know, wanting to dredge up this whole you know ask questions issue, in, and and then they chose to not cut the bit in where I said the club has said there's no issue with it, Hutchy. Just, Jane's just passed me um, her, her laptop because she's seen something from Nick McKenzie um, from the from the age. Um, again, this is now 24 minutes ago, and we may as well – was it 12.39 Thursday afternoon as we talk right now? Uh, this is on Twitter. Breaking. This is huge. I'm quoting Nick McKenzie. Ben Roberts – Smith's key witness, an ex-SAS soldier implicated in alleged war crimes slash target of Britain Inquiry, just revealed Seven Network has been paying his legal fees. Why is listed media company using shareholder funds for this? Big questions for Kerry Stokes. Um, Again, I've got no idea where this story's going to go, but I just thought we'd given our regular conversations around Nick McKenzie and this massive, probably the biggest legal case any media outlet's ever seen in in the history of Australian um, media – uh, that's that's a reasonably significant development on it. It doesn't mean, and it doesn't actually necessarily mean anything when it comes to the the guilt or otherwise, or or the proving of the claims made by Ben um, by Robert Smith when it comes to the the action he's taken against Mackenzie and uh,
1: and the Age. It's been interesting to see how often he's been on Twitter offering commentary on the case. Like, yeah. I, I would have thought that these lawyers would be saying, "Hey, can you avoid adding further." Inflammation to this because everything you write, if we lose, will be seen as part of the damages. But he either he has um, the lawyers have let him go, or he just is a lawyer unto himself. Either way, he, <laughs> I haven't seen anyone. He's been like um, Chris Collinsworth on Monday Night NFL Football referring to this case. He's offering commentary every day. This is what happened today, and this is why they're in the wrong. And
0: Well, I, 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 I haven't very, spoken very to you about see- this, Archie, so I'm just speculating from a very long way sure. away here. Is it maybe because he feels that some of the reporting, which is to the point we said before, there's always links with um, yep. each publication with another arm of that publication or that organisation's uh, media interests. Is it possible that he yep. may have thought that some of that reporting – that is negative to age and and nine um, may just need to be clear. So, yeah. is, I mean, is that possible
1: potentially? Well, it is. I, so I, I would. I I love him like you do. Well, sorry, no one loves him like you do. I I have enormous enormous regard for him as a journalist and and as a person. I don't mm-hmm. have like I haven't turned his picture into beer coasters or t-shirts like you have, but I have. <laughs> Have enormous regard for him. I, well, what I would say, I feel uncomfortable reading his tweets about the case. I right. don't think that's right. Like he's, he's done, yeah. he's in the clubhouse of mine. Like he's done, he's played the the best game he can possibly yeah. play. His scores not going to change, so to speak. His scores not going to yeah. change, and yeah. it's a case that needs to play out in the courts. And now it's in the courts. He needs to take a sip, sit back, yeah, pour himself a glass of scotch. And and watch it unfold. Yeah, yeah, one glass. No, and I, watch I, it unfold. I. What you said. I don't uh, like the tweets.
0: Is probably where uh, having heard you say it that way. Is probably uh, something I agree with, Hachi. Hey, uh, let's head to question of the week time. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. We'll just go with this one today, Hachi Rick or Rich Batch on Twitter. How funny was it to see a Scott brother delivering strong opinions yeah. against umpire abuse. Have either of you had such a public contradiction? Um, just for, the, for those Look, who listen to us who don't understand what Rich is asking there, um, Brad Scott, former North Melbourne coach, former Brisbane Lions, playing great in, the, in that dynasty of premierships, uh, won by that particular club, had a twin brother, Chris, who was equally was a great of the Brisbane Lions, equally an AFL coach of, of note, still in the system as coach. Brad now head of football at the AFL. Uh, telling footballers and media to respect umpires. Now, I, I think it's funny, Hutchy, because when he delivers this um, this this address to the the clubs and to media, which I sat through uh, one at the start of the, the season, he, he does it in this in this I think humorous way. He said, "Who? How, how has it come to me being this person yeah. telling us we have to do it?" So <laughs> he's not avoiding the elephant no, in the exactly. room part of this, but it is funny, and I'm I'm actually glad Rich has raised it here because there'd be a, there'd be a hundred pieces of footage, wouldn't there, of, of Brad. Yeah. Abusing an umpire, I would. Have
1: I've thought. used I've used this, this analogy way too many times in the sounding board and it's history, but it, it is like Danny Zuko at the end of Greece wearing the white cardigan, isn't it? When you When you he know he's black leather jacket wearing guy, <laughs> you've lost he's
0: me. Trying I, to, I've trying watched to this impress movie. Sandy, right,
1: okay. Trying to impress Sandy, by The, the, the temporary re-transformation as the cardigan wearer. Okay. <laughs> Brad's not. Brad. The, Brad and cardigans ain't going to last. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of admire that he's taken it on and his humour and yeah, yeah. presents himself that way. Look, the easier way home might have been to say to Andrew Dillon, his boss, because, by the way, Andrew enjoys the, the title without the heavy lifting on these things by the looks. yeah. Um, you say, look, can you handle this one? Because it might not – It. I think it would cut through more probably with Andrew at the front of it rather than Brad on the umpiring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously, Dills is universally known in football, he's in line to be the, the CEO, so it probably wouldn't be a better look for him to do it probably. Hang on, hang on. You just dropped something
0: there that you didn't drop. That strongly last week. You're well, saying he's one of the contenders,
1: isn't he? He's say, one of the seven or eight. Did you say been, he's in been, line to be? Yeah, he's one of the six, seven or eight that's in line. On, to, one of seven or eight is different to in line to be. Well, he's among the contenders. Is a better way to.
0: Oh, I to know do. that, but I think the way you yep. just couch that was. I, I didn't, I didn't mean anything by the way I
1: said it. Ooh,
0: but I reckon he would uh, be.
1: Would, would people take it? To will touch pick up what you said,
0: Hutchie, and they might just say Hutchie declares Dylan. Would, would they take it a touch more seriously if he were? No, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, the public, and this might become an issue. Um, May not either as well. But yep. the public knows Brad Scott. I don't think they know when I say when I say the public, that the mass public. I don't think they know Andrew Dillon. Yep. Was that, is that a fair assessment? The
1: footy public does, but not the public. Yeah, you might be. You might be right. The hysteria around umpires. I know it's not really our wheelhouse, but I've just been watching this from a distance. The, the like, an extraordinary reaction over the last few days to the arm flapping.
0: Yeah, but it was, to me, Hutchie, it was just more the, the lack of consistency on the adjudicating itself um, as opposed to the, the rule. Now, that, that is, I think that's a minority view at this stage. But one thing I, I will guarantee you, Hutchie, and hold me to this if it doesn't happen, if the umpires now do as Brad Scott wants them to do, and that is be absolutely firm on, on, the, on the first display of any form of dissent, arms waving, that they're going to be pinged for a free kick – this will go away in the space of 2 weeks and we yep. won't be talking about it it's it obviously requires a big behavioral shift but no the world the game's not going to end the the sun will come up tomorrow and we'll get around
1: six away believe it or not hutchy despite some of the commentary around all of this do you think do you think the game is better now than it was 2 decades ago uh,
0: that's a good question I don't think it's aesthetically as appealing, but in terms of the skills, I think I'm a believer in the, the modern day play, whichever era that is, is better than the previous era when it comes to the skills and, and, and what can be done. But there's a, a collective element to the current playing of AFL, and I don't necessarily like it, Hutchie, because I'm a big subscriber to the game that needs the. The big rock stars, and yep. unfortunately, I feel they've but there they over the journey have been made to just feel uh, and be just no, e- equal to the you know the twenty second player on the list, which just doesn't quite sit right. And and I don't think it's a great selling point when it comes to the headline acts that we've we've traditionally had in the game. Is that a fair take on where it's at
1: in your? No doubt about that. Yeah, oh, I saw saw it a little bit on Saturday. I went to the Old Trafford, and it's not a very modern stadium, Old Trafford. It's Apparently, be going to be a new one, but it's—I it's, it's, mean—it's it's got an unbelievable history, and yeah, you feel like you walk into a place of uh, significance. But the, everything you saw around the game was around Ronaldo, right? In, in, on the way in, it was Ronaldo scarf or your match scarf, you know, Ronaldo strip or your match strip, yeah. And yeah. the the way the game was visually presented was all about Ronaldo, and then you felt like you're going to watch Ronaldo play as much as you were going to watch Manchester United play. We don't have that. But, no, but on.
0: we've actually taken it out. We've yeah, we chosen yeah. to take it out. And and, and and recruiters and coaches will look at what players can't do as opposed to what they can do. And and we talk about, like, even a Dusty Martin. Oh, we, we criticise. He doesn't do the negative running. Well, who cares if he doesn't yeah. run backwards? We'll, I want to
1: see him with the ball inside 50. And we'll squeeze the personality out of the stars. Well, we've done, we do that before I start. And yeah. you, you need know, to be a strong swimmer like Max Gorn to swim against the stream of Yeah, you uh, do. You actually, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and he's probably one exception who has, and he's just done it because that's how he's wide and no one's going to tell him
1: what to do. But, but yeah, we might actually delve into that side of it, Huchy, I would say I would say this. The skills are better, way better. Yep. The athletes are way, way better. Yep. But the functionality of the game and I would say the charm of the game yep. perhaps doesn't hold the same, hasn't kept step with... The skills and no. the athleticism, and
0: you compare it to what you've just witnessed firsthand, and and you you go back to the the best sport in the world, and that, in my eyes, is that being the NFL, and that is all personality, individual driven. Now, yes, there's a collective in terms of the team, and they all say the right things about being team, but I mean, just think of the think of the Super Bowl just just gone round, you know, with Odell Beckham and Stafford and Donald and Miller, and I mean, they're just they're all yeah. just a bunch of individuals who have to
1: be individual. Kyrie Irving on the weekend at, for the New Jersey Nets giving the bird to the crowd in Boston and stamping on their logo. Yeah. The, imagine that happened here. We'd oh. be outraged for a month. <laughs> oh. We wouldn't be able to. People would be having to stop work meetings. Oh, just,
0: Juju Smith-Schuster was dancing on the yep. dancing on the on the Cleveland Browns logo or whatever it was before a, a playoff game. You know.
1: Anyway, yeah, you, we wouldn't be able to handle it over here in the media as well. Hey, can I, I know we've gone over time. you are about to wrap me up. I have one question for you at the end. Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter, right? Yeah. Now, there's a school of thought. He says that Twitter is not free speech enough, and if he is successful, he will create a deeper free speech platform. (laughs) There are a whole bunch of journalists who say Twitter already doesn't hold itself to enough editorial standards, and this is going to take the world into a worse place rather than a better place. (laughs) Yep. I'm happy for your to park at Damo for next week. It's a huge question. It's <laughs> a big question. But which of the two schools do you subscribe to? <laughs> oh, do we please. need more free speech <laughs> or do we need higher editorial um, standards and sanctions?
0: The, the, the moment the journos get off their high horse, and I used to be on one actually, and I probably still am, but I'm, I'm not as high as I probably once was. The moment we just realise we're just, just one small voice in whatever conversation is going on, and we don't have the right to tell people what they can and can't do, like we once do, and, and some people still do think. And also, too, actually, last time I checked, I'm pretty sure Twitter's a private organisation, isn't it? I mean, it's not there for the greater good of the world to have a free speech base. It's a, Someone's making money out of it. Um, they wouldn't be setting it up if they didn't. So what are we dealing with? I mean, it's not as
1: if it's there for the greater good of the world, actually. Well, I'll tell you, I think the only certainty is if he's successful in buying it, it will change it forever. Don't you think it'll change it could change... You're not going to put it up on a pedestal as being what we aspire for it to be anyway, no. are we? I mean, it's it's a cesspit. Whatever he says you can't block people, Damo? That's going to be a big problem for you. You've got... <laughs> Seven or 8,000 people you've got on the list. If Jeff says, if Jeff says it's, it's free speech and Damo, you can no longer block anyone, that, what are you going to do? Well, uh, now you've got to the proper
0: part of the. What are you going to do?
1: In the Elon Musk era, excuse yeah. me, you are not going to be able to block people gonna well, free if that's, speech if
0: policy. that's the case, I, I hope he's bid full short, Hutchie, because I, I, be I need the right. See, see, free speech is having the right to block, isn't it? I don't think it is. I think you oh. might be out. Yeah. Oh, well. It's been We're good. be all over. It's been good. Yeah. I hardly tweet anyway these days. <laughs> you want
1: to up on Donald Trump's platform.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and don't get me
1: started. The, Piers Morgan's promoting an interview with him oh, where yes. he said
0: he's walked out. and I oh, think oh, This has got yep. staged interview written all over it before I said it,
1: Archie. I had a, a look around the Piers Morgan set up in oh, London yeah. and I went to news and had a – couple of sessions there, and the build-up on that show and the yeah. people on eggshells about how much effort has gone into it and how much Rupert wants it to work, yeah. it's fascinating. I think it'll be great. I'm a Pierce supporter, as you know. I like his content. There's a few and- noses no- that have joint in the stable, are there? Over the resources, he's, he is being backed at the exclusion of all other runners, okay. <laughs> and has got and has got his way on what he wants, right. and 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 when he wants it, and what time it gets there, okay. and who's involved. All right,
0: so well, it's going to be fascinating. Well, I think by the time we speak next week, the the Trump interview will have aired, and I'll get yep. you to you to pull it apart for our listeners. That was think,
1: on Trump. Oh, we'll save this for next week. It crossed my mind whether he was a little bit complicit in the way it. Anyway, we'll save this for next week. I'm not certain. The interview is as genuine as it appears, and we'll talk about that next week. Trump and Piers Morgan, I don't think there's going to be a lot genuine to it, Hachi, but it will, be,
0: it will be. The only thing that Morgan wants it to be, watchable, I would imagine. So uh, I'll get you to critique it, though. Episode 11, Series 7 of The Sounding Board. That was it for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening to The Sounding
0: Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email the sounding Board at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to DrinkWise.